Britain is about to witness the birth of robot wars. They're still making final adjustments. Three, two, one. Hello everyone and welcome to Activate the Robot Wars podcast. I am Benji, also the Hitman, along with me, Rob E. Harmlessly. And Alex and TR2. Hey! hey. <laughs> our special guest, our first special guest. So we're going to be talking to Alex from TR2 about everything. Yeah, we'll keep it at that. Everything. <laughs> the world, the universe, as long as it relates to robots. The meaning of life. The meaning of life, <laughs> if you are a robot. Do you you have rights as a robot? (laughs) Robot Wars would be banned if that was the case, so I hope not. Okay, let's let's just start from the very top. Alex Brown, how on earth did you decide, you know what, I'm going to start making robots to fight each other? Yeah, it's very strange when you put it like that, isn't it? (laughs) It It's it's different. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we just started watching the repeats on television. You know, the original Robot Wars run, they were on like 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, so... Little me would get up, watch them. Then we started going to some of the live events. Just kept going to them, watching them. And obviously I was only five, six at the time. So I, I was not really learning much. But I really wanted to do it. It was a passion of mine. I then got into it. We bought our first featherweight, actually. We then learned a lot from that. We then moved on. Then in 2010, when I was just nine, I won the featherweight UK championship. Then again in 2015, when I was just 14, I won the heavyweight UK championship. Um, right in believing that that's the youngest for each of those, is it not? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, not, that's awesome. Not too bad. Achieved not more than I bad. have <laughs> already. Brilliant. <laughs> Take me through your team, actually, because um, bots do you have? How many bots have you had in general? In general, probably about 10, I'd say. Jesus. Yeah, so we've got uh, the two heavyweights. We've got Toon Raider and TR2. Obviously, a lot of people actually ask what does TR2 stand for, and it doesn't really stand for anything, but if it was to, it would be Toon Raider 2, like from the next one on, but we just didn't like that name when we come to build it, so it is TR2, if that makes sense. Okay, I get it. So it's a, it's, it's a successor, but TR2 yeah. is, is the name. Yeah, that's the name. That's, that's, then, that makes sense. Possibly one of the, well, probably our most successful featherweight, which is Tiny Toon. That's the first one we started off with. That's just a simple two-wheel Rambot, but it's four mil Hardox and 3.2 mil Hardox all the way around. So that's basically a batching ram. That's what I won the featherweight UK championship with. Yes, that's awesome. I've, I've seen pictures of that. It looks really, it looks simple, but... It's but, effective. Yeah, exactly. When when you're in control, I imagine it's extremely effective because you're probably <laughs> one of the best yeah. pilots of a robot in, well... Ever really, I'd say. For, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say yeah easily. How many have you uh, won? Um, how many have you uh, won competitions with? So it would probably be TR two, which obviously I've won the UK championship with. Yeah. And as mentioned, Tiny Two, and that's what won the featherweight UK championship with. Then we've won a, I think, one or two live events with our featherweight terahertz, which we call Tiny Hertz. So that's <laughs> another. That's a thirteen point six kilogram version of terahertz. Is it right? You used um like blueprints of terahertz just yeah. to make a small when, version of it when we, come to, when we went to build it in i think 2010 i think um we actually got contact with john reed to say oh is it okay if we build a um, featherweight version of terahertz he said oh yeah brilliant and he sent us over the cad designs for it that's that's awesome stuff 
That's that's the great thing about the like um, roboteering community as well is yeah, they'll just the, do stuff like that for you. you. You do see the camaraderie a bit on the TV show, but it do, it goes nowhere to showing how, what it is actually like. When I was there for this past recording, that's one thing you can just see in everyone is everyone wants to help each other and just make it fun, even when it's difficult. That's that's the great thing about it. Yeah. You know what you're doing so much as well. It blew my mind how great you all were at it and. It makes it a fun competition at the end of the day, doesn't it? It does, doesn't yeah. it? And seeing at everyone... End, yeah. At the end of the day, we had um, our fight with King B. Rem- mm. Remix said, oh, um, do you want to put this on to the next day? Because uh, King B aren't ready. So we said, yeah, go for it. We want to we fight, you know. We don't want to just sit there and just take a free points because they're not ready. We want to be in there and fight our machine. Yeah, you want it to be legit. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a sport and there's a lot of sportsmanship in it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I, I don't want to win cheaply, you know. I don't want to be you know, a winner because somebody's not ready or somebody's not working properly. I want to be in there, have a proper three minute tussle and win like properly, not through fluke or anything like that. Speaking of flukes, what is your current opinion on the uh the spinner situation? The spinner situation. Because in what? Referring to uh like featherweights, heavyweights or the Christmas special? I think it's the um the way spinners seem to be the standard now if you want to actually win a competition or a match. Unless you're uh, extremely good, it seems yeah. like a spinner is a... It's between spinner and flippers, but there is a lot of spinners appearing and their 10-second matches are just wrecking bots instantly. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to if you've got the bottle enough to fight a spinner. I suppose it, 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 Going back to my fight with Carbide, I went for it from the start. I didn't hold back. I just went full steam try and hit it head on but if you look at a lot of people they'll get close to the spinner and they'll either bottle it and try and turn away and then they'll just get hit on the side or they'll stop and then the spinner hits them going forward so really to have to fight a spinner you've got to have guts pretty much and so it is it does get quite boring when you get one hit fights from a spinner and that's it fight over but i think the development in spinners really like the mo- well, it's not really even much development. It's just like the physics behind them has changed quite a bit. Like mm. we've learned a lot from watching the Americans fight spinners. And you've got to remember, we had a, a 10-year gap really of heavyweight spinners. That's a good so point, yeah. When, when America have been fighting them for so long, they've really fine-tuned them. If you look at Minotaur, you look at Tombstone, you know, they have fine-tuned them so much that we're now starting to catch up with that. So I think we're starting to see the development of spinners properly now. But would you say that the best counter to a spinner would be a flipper? Potentially. I mean, obviously you're not allowed... um, So you've got to have an active weapon in the Robot Wars arena. Mm. So if that wasn't the case, I would just build a big version of our Featherweight Tiny Toon and, you know, put nice motors in it, nice gear ratio. Just a a strong push-bot. A a strong push-bot. Honestly, I think a strong push-bot that's been... Like, engineered quite nicely would have a really good chance at winning robot wars i do yeah. too i think it's a shame that they uh they don't really allow it so to speak or you've got to pop on a uh a functioning weapon i that... can i can see why they have done that though because you would end up getting some push bot that is just literally a, a box brick, on wheels yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see why they have done it it may, for tv's sake it does make a lot of sense it's yeah but there again, when Storm 2 works properly, like when it 
go back to series seven when storm two works properly that is so fun to watch it's a beast literally so across simple. the arena smashing into everything as it goes it, that re- it really is fun to watch storm two when it's pro- when it's working properly the potential of a push bot it may sound boring on paper but when they get going like you said with storm two at full power it's intense that you know it can push a robot out of the arena by pure force yeah I- incredible I mean, stuff when, when you get it right as well in the featherweight class um I, was, I keep mentioning Tiny Two. That's because it literally is a, a brick, basically. <laughs> but <laughs> we um, hit one of Big Nipper's featherweights, little spinner four. Oh, yeah. It's massive full body spinner, and basically when I when I hit that, the impact of it sent it out of the arena from the middle. Wow! That was uh, I think the first round of the Annihilator one year. That's awesome. So, so in, in the Annihilator, you know, people always say, "Oh, stay out of the way," you know. Work your way through. I've won three UK annihilators in the featherweight, and I've gone for the spinner every time first round. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Would you say that's a, a key to success as a roboteer? Then is being more brave and not being so cautious all the time. Um, it depends what your robot's like as well. I mean, we've always, I've always said to myself, I'm just going to go out there and try and win every fight. But people try and play it a bit tactically. You know, think right. If I don't do this, I might be able to preserve the flipper for this fight, and I've still got this robot to fight and things like that. So there are pros and cons of each of them so i guess taking it one fight at a time and just focusing on winning that fight in front of you the best way to move ahead yeah because if you focus on winning that fight you know say uh, me versus apollo if mm. i'd have won that fight i'd have been three points ahead of two other machines by the end of it mm. you know all of a sudden you've got a three point gap there and that's that can be a big difference speaking of points now what what is your feeling on the new robot wars format the the league table you know the big multi bot matches to start with yeah, I personally really like it, even though you could say I was a victim of it almost. I guess that's what I've, that's what I've I seen guess, people like say on Reddit mean, and yeah. stuff. But I so said I really like it. I mean, the group battles at the start, I mean, they're no different to what they were like Series Six, you know, where you've got four robots in each and you lose two. I, I quite like them as well because it's a uh, you know you've got to go out there and you've got to fight almost. You can't just hide, you know. And then moving on to the point system, I think it also gives you a chance to slip up. You can redeem yourself as well. Not like if you slip up once, that's it, you're knocked out. You can go and you've got another chance to fight again. It's a great point as well that you know a lot of people criticise the multi-bot matches to start with, but they've all, they've almost always been there. They've always yeah, been there in much. form. It's not new. So live events versus robot wars. What would you say are the major differences right now? Major differences? Uh, the stress levels are a lot lower at live events. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, say that, I'd say that one for certain. <laughs> Um, obviously, up until this year, well, start of 2017, we've not had spinners as well. So you've got, you are taking less damage. You've also got a much quicker turnaround time as well. I mean, we're potentially doing two to three heavyweight fights in a two hour period at the live yeah. events yeah. and possibly two featherweight fights. Whereas you're lucky to get one heavyweight fight in that time at Robot Wars. It's true. Yeah, the whole... You, you're working a lot harder at the live events to get the machine running again. Yeah, yeah. it's more stressful at Robot Wars. Uh, I think that that's just what's at stake, really, isn't it? You've I got the cameras so. watching every move, you know, and you've if you mess up, you're going to be seen by two million people or so. I guess yeah, that, that is a, it's, it's a lot of pressure, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, it's Robot Wars. It, it's only going to be here for so long. So you've only got so many chances to try and win it. That's a good point. Who, who knows when it'll disappear again for exactly. an un, unknown amount of time. When it comes to Robot Wars, you've got a set amount, 40 competitors. And that seems to be the way it's staying for now. In live events, is that the case or is it just a straight out draw? How, how, how are live event um, machines 
picked? Um, it's basically turn up if you want to fight your machine, pretty much. It's, it's normally uh, something called whiteboards, which are just friendly fights. Yep. Uh, but every so often there is a competition at an event. It's just like a show trophy. So you're the winner of the Guildford event, for example. Yeah. Mm. You know, but at the end of the day, it's like you basically fight your mates and you it's that's what I say. It's a lot. Le- it's a lot less stressful because you're having fun while fighting robot with your friends. And it's not a competition where the stakes are really high. Because I suppose the other competitors start to take it really seriously at the TV tapings as well. And the whole atmosphere can kind of change as a result. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, I can sort of. I can sort of feel that, yeah. <laughs> I can sort. I can sort of feel that. Oh, well, that's me being roasted then. <laughs> but no, I can sort of understand what you say there. But I think we've known each other. I've known most of the people at filming out for ten years, so I've developed some really strong friendships with them. So at mm-hmm. the end, it sort of it doesn't change, but it sort of does because of what it is, what it, what Robot Wars is. So what's it like when the the guys who aren't in the live events start to appear? Because like you said, live events up until very well very soon no spinners so yeah suddenly robot wars you've got these all-powerful mighty spinners popping in does that create a bit of i don't want to say tension because it's always friendly does that change things up a little bit in terms of the the backstage of the pit experience um i don't really know yet to be honest because we haven't fought spinners at uh, um extreme robots yet how do the live event scene like that whole that whole group that whole family so to speak how is the Robot Wars Championship kind of viewed? Is it viewed with... It's obviously viewed with some prestige, but how is it viewed and compared to the actual live event, champ, like the actual championships? Yeah. So, obviously, the UK Championship continued on after Series 7. Mm-hmm. So, to an extent, that's continued on, continued on. And Gabriel won it this year. Yes, yeah, I heard and that. A, a lot of people gave that... Yeah, a lot of people gave that some criticism after the TV show, but Gabriel is such an awesome machine. I mean, people say that Thwackbots aren't that effective. I mean, Gabriel is seriously deadly. It's much more than what it looks like. But people, yeah, like you said, they don't give Thwackbots enough credit. They do yeah. more damage than people realise. And they're yeah. just built as survivors. But they're notoriously difficult to control. Isn't that right? Uh, I've never driven one myself. But, I mean, Zach makes it look easy with Gabriel. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, he really does. Oh, speaking of control, is there a secret to good control because tr2 seems like one of the best controlled machines out there it's not i don't know it's hard to answer that one really i guess that's a fair point i I mean how do you practice control do you take it to a car park or (laughs) do you know what i mean it's not (laughs) my practice ground for the past 10 years has been the live events wow that's pretty much where i've done all my fighting that's where i've learned well i don't want to say learn the trade but almost learn how to drive a machine what do you think the future of Robot Wars is going to be? If Let's say it's still here in five years. What do you think it's going to uh, look like? It's really hard to predict what's going to happen. Could a, could the spinners like all of a sudden come out and dominate everything? Could you get like a rise of a new weapon type? You, you know, It's hard to predict what the future is going to be like. But yeah, there could be a big revolution. Suddenly exactly. something happens mm. and it's yeah dominating again. Exactly. So it's really hard to predict the future and what's going to happen. I think it, if Robot Wars lasts for five years, that'd be brilliant. I th- yeah, I think if it keeps going on indefinitely, it'd it means be great. means something's going right. <laughs> yeah, it means something's going right, and it's just it's more exposure. It, yeah, it, it makes it more important and brings more people into it, which is always good. It's always yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a big debate on the live scene for quite a while. That is is fighting robot a sport or a hobby? I keep calling it a sport, but there's some people that call it a spobby as well, which is a, a cross between a, a sport and a hobby. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I think it, it's a bit, it's a bit of both. It's... I mean, the, the whole building side of it yeah. is is very much a hobby. But the, when you actually are in a competition, that's almost a sport. Yeah, I know that I would see it as a sport because um, there's a lot of but it's almost like mental skill required to process everything as you go through absolutely. a fight. If, if that can make sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you know, coordination and reflex time and everything. There's yeah. loads of different actual physical attributes that go into control of the bot anyway. I view it more yeah. of a sport than a hobby. We'll call it a sport, shall we? Well, I like thinking of it. I like thinking of it as a sport, and then some people do it as a hobby. They don't yeah. take it as yeah. They don't get as seriously, but. <laughs> We'll this finalise on a spobby then. <laughs> it's a spobby. It's, it's definitely a spobby. I'm, keep, I'm keeping that. <laughs> Issues with robot wars. There's stress everywhere. Is basically what I learned when I was when I was there. It's a very stressful place for the roboteers. I'd say it's stressful if you can't keep on top of what's happening. Pre- there's more pressure than stress. Okay. Yeah, Pre- yeah. Pressure's like when you're going into a fight, you've got to perform. Stress is when you don't deal with that very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a really good way yeah. of looking at it. That's a really, really good way of looking at it. Well, let's talk about the Christmas specials. They just happened. Yeah, go for it. Let's uh, have a good chat. Oh, about we them. saw a little appearance from TR2 there. Yeah, it was great yeah. seeing that fight in there. I didn't. The um, new TR2 as well. The new TR2. <laughs> it was great seeing it. Uh, seeing a nice, uh, a nice shot of the new TR2. Speaking of the new TR2, what is different about TR2? So basically, we went away after Series 1. And we'd learnt so much from fighting spinners. I mean, that fight with Carbide, we learnt so much. So one of the main things we did to the front is uh, it's all one piece of metal, the flipper arm. Mm-hmm. So last year it was like two, three pieces of metal welded together and that created engagement points for the bar. This year it is all one piece. So in theory, there should be no engagement points for any spinners to engage with. So nothing However, that fly is off all, in theory. That's all in theory. <laughs> <laughs> And of, another thing we did as well yeah. is you'll see that the angle of the flip is lower as well. This year it's 28 degrees off the floor. Mm. So again, in theory, the lower the angle, you've got it's going to undercut the bar, hopefully. It's definitely been made, I don't want to say spinner-proof necessarily, but as... It's been, been made with spinners in mind. It's been made with mm. spinners in mind but, now. That's but also good. that as well, um, there's, I think I put a picture out on my Twitter or Facebook somewhere. But down the back of the robot, where on the, one of the mounting points for the flipper arm, there's a massive crack where carbides hit it and twisted it, and there's a split in the hardox. So this year, the um, chassis is made out of four pieces. This is a uh, one base which has been bent up okay. to uh, two side panels, which are like so. Like last year, it was six panels, like all welded together. This year, it's two like panels up on each side, but they've been folded and round from one piece of metal, and then the back plate as well, and that was uh, thanks to our sponsors, Responsive Engineering. They really helped us out a lot there, so with the 10,000 ton, 10, ton press, I think it was, which bent the bent the flipper arm, bent the side panels, and they are absolutely brilliant. I was going to say, because I was going to say, how did you bend it? And the first time I was going to sit there, I was like, <laughs> you can't just, just bend it, it's, 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 it's uh, serious stuff, but... In theory, then, it shouldn't really split or have bits fly off, at least not as easy. And it should be That's, more of a case of yeah. a, a few yeah, dents. The theory behind it is that the welds shouldn't, there's, there's less welds on it, so it shouldn't split. It's we've, a step in the right direction. Yeah, we've tried something different instead of just adding armour on. Yeah, you know, yeah. could have just put another five kilos of armour on, slap it around. Hope it she works. She only weighs mm. about 100 kilos, this robot. The other one was 105. 
Oh, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, so somehow we, we've saved five kilos from having less welds on it as well. It could potentially change how flippers look at the world. Well, not look at, look at the world. <laughs> look, at, look, at, look at the arena. Yeah. <laughs> it, could, it could change how flippers almost evolve over the next few years from fighting spinners, if it works. Perhaps take away some of the fear that um, a lot of people see in, when yeah. facing a spinner. As I said earlier, you've just got to go for it when you're fighting a spinner. You can't hold back. And that's why we've developed like the front, uh, the front flipper blade as well, so that in theory the flipper, the, the spinners should just glide off it and ride up the flipper arm. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Backstage, 2016, was there certain bots that the other teams genuinely were nervous to fight? Was there like an atmosphere of like if you knew you were going to a fight with Carbide, it yeah. was different to going into a fight with another bot. You knew that this could be a make or break kind of battle. For me personally, I, I just love fighting the spinners. So <laughs> I was I was looking forward to the carbide fight. <laughs> That's great. Um, there's a there's a bit where um, Dara interviewed us after one of the fights, and they didn't it didn't make the cut. But basically, goes who do you want to fight next? And I say anybody. They <laughs> <laughs> should have kept playing. That's, that's the... <laughs> just a Viking attitude to fighting. <laughs> yeah, anyone, mate. <laughs> Easy. So they had all this massive like I don't know, all of these auto cue they had to read off and he just went who do you want to fight next anybody and he walked away <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm worried now saying that it makes me look a bit big-headed but it, no, it's think... just that I, I will fight anybody that, that i'm prepared to this makes you brave i mean it's you're not doing what everyone else does and turns around and say oh not carbide or something like mm. that he's gonna go for it <laughs> yeah anyway we're supposed to be talking about the christmas specials so oh we were completely off on one there sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had these what eight robots a number of celebrities. Do you know where the robots came from, by the way? Exactly where they, how they were conceived? I have not got a clue. Yeah, neither do we. No. We haven't got the faintest idea. You never, you never quite know in TV land whether it's what they say or not. So no. So I mean, they they looked quite generic for the most part, but were still fully functional heavyweight and, and fairly good. Apart from all the exposed wheels, they were all quite nice. I mean, yeah, the thing that I was a bit disappointed was with the amount of one-hit fights. And then how even after a big hit, some of the machines would just die. Mm. It was, it was kind of spinner city really for that. Yeah, that whole thing. I think after seeing the machines, you could pretty much pinpoint that the three spinners were going to make the final. Yeah, yeah. pretty easily, and all of them looked horrendously weak to spinners. Yeah, yeah. everything because there's just rubber wheels everywhere. Rubber <laughs> wheels everywhere. The way the armors was placed and stuff, it made it nice and easy for the spinners to just dig through mm. maybe that's what yeah. they wanted it, it it provided some interesting visuals especially when the um can't remember what the name of the thwackbot was when that went flying uh, d was it d? d that's the one d, d. that's the one rizzle kicks is one wasn't it rizzle kicks yeah there you go with d that when that went flying it was a very nice visual but at the same time it's a five second fight yeah <laughs> yeah i think the balance wasn't there this like for episode one especially there was too many one hit fights oh god mm. yeah yeah, really. But then, if, you, if you look at episode two, you had something like I think it was D versus Soldier Ant. Yes, I think. Yeah, and that was like a really good tussle. And I think one episode there was too many long fights, and the next one there was too many short fights. I agree. If you, yeah. if you can get an if you can get amalgamation of both of them, it'll be a brilliant episode. Yeah, it would have been nice if I think it, they would have done better to just try and squish it into one one and a half hour special, to be honest, rather than two hour longs. Yeah. But then you've got the fact that there's two different celebrity champions and stuff. I guess they did what they could with it, but yeah, it, it was something you've got to take it for what it was as well. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. It was yeah, it was uh, a celebrity special where they've got them into drive. 
So it's never going to be up with like the main series where you've got people going in once a month or so fighting the live events who are, you know, know what they're doing. Yeah, poured their heart and soul into it, doing it for yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. A whole different ball game. But I think it went quite well for what I it mean, was. What it was basically was promotional work for the next series. That's yeah. really yeah. kind of the way I see it. And to promote just the, you know, sport in general. Fill in some time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Keep, keep Robot Wars fresh in everyone's mind. I mean, it ended with the big Robot Wars will be back 2017. Really, it, the, at the end of the day, it was probably just to promote Robot Wars itself as opposed to actually be a competition. Yeah. I think the flashbacks were good to series one as well. Oh, that, that was, was a sweet, good addition. Yeah. It was the right move to make at the end of the day because they had to fill the time in from all those short yeah. fights, especially in the first episode. And it gave, you know, the general public a nice view into what it can be like, even though, even though it's not what they were seeing in those fights. You got some nicer, some nice highlight reels. Yeah. But the uh, Dara versus Angela fight, I was thrilled that we actually got to see it. So how did that come to be? Um, Angela wanted to drive a robot originally. And then we said to Dara, oh, would you like to drive TR2? And he, he was really up for it. And then it sort of just went from there. I was so surprised when it actually ended up being televised. I was like, huh, I didn't know that that was... That was we didn't either. Yeah, it just sort of... <laughs> like, oh, there it is. It was a nice addition to the... It was a clever addition to the episode as well. Because that was during the yeah. first episode as well. With quite a uh, not as good fight quality. They'd have been struggling for time if they didn't include it, I think. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. It yeah. was clever for them to uh, to film it. And they managed to film it with all the Christmas decorations up as well. Conveniently. Yeah. That, that went quite well. <laughs> Whether that was coincidence or not, I don't know, but they did quite well there. I guess there was probably no worry with, with Dara handling TR2. You weren't sitting there expecting it to come out smashed oh, to pieces. No. <laughs> Especially TR2's not against... fought Behemoth so many times in the live event scene. <laughs> it's, it's, quite, it's quite a safe fight between the two. Neither one was going to annihilate the other, but it was still <laughs> nice and flashy to see things flying around a bit. Yeah, the main worry we had was if uh, the new robot was going to be okay or not. It's just going to break halfway through. <laughs> it just stops working. You're like, oh, great. Uh, looking back at it, we could already see a couple of things that went wrong. Like the, the bungees are way too tight to keep uh, the flipper on, to bring the flipper on back down. That's something we need to change. Uh, we also had a massive gas leak halfway through as well. Yeah. Oh, God. We were, we were running low towards the end. Yeah, that was, that was good fun, though. You know, not against the machine that's going to destroy you and with nothing on the line either. So Dara and Angela were so brilliant throughout the entire filming of it as well. Oh, they're fantastic. They, they look like they really enjoyed it as well. Hmm. And, I mean, there's a lot of people on social media saying, we want Craig Charles back. But I think Dara and Angela are so good together like on this on Robot Wars as a, as a whole. Hmm. They work so well with the new format as well. They're so comfortable. And, with yeah. It. And they're so comfortable with... Um, Roboteers. Roboteers, yeah. yeah. They just I mean, hang around. It's great. With Craig Charles, what you have to remember is, wasn't he not even at recordings by the end of the Apparently by the end run. of some of it, he wasn't even really there. <laughs> they just filmed his bits away from the rest of the series and that was it kind of thing. You know, you compare that to Dara and Angela who were just there the whole time, constantly yeah. walking around... Yeah. They were on point. I, th I think they're great. I don't see why anyone would have a problem with them, to be honest. I, I think the, well, especially towards the end of the, like, the last series, we're starting to grow into it a bit more. Yeah. And yeah. You could, you could see it as well, that they were getting more comfortable around us. We were getting more comfortable around them. And it was turning out to be a really good partnership almost. Yeah, it's almost mm. like they were becoming you know, part of the whole roboteering thing. Especially Angela. She's just, just blend in. Like, she wouldn't, sometimes I wouldn't even notice she was standing around and, <laughs> Turn around, oh, it's Angela just talking to everyone. It's like, oh, okay, that's great. But that's that's what it that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's good that they can be involved like that, as well as just yeah. not just being 
presenters and TV yeah. people. And come the next taping, they're going to know a whole bunch of people backstage by name. It's going to be a lot more liquid then, isn't it? It's going to be it great. Keeps going, yeah, it keeps yeah. getting better. Anything else you want to talk about? I think we've covered pretty much everything there. We pretty much have, haven't we? I'm racking my brain because I, I, it's always that situation where like 10 minutes later after we hang up, we're going to be like, ah, oh, you know what we didn't ask? <laughs> we didn't ask about his robot. Who's <laughs> <laughs> he again? <laughs> Uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Brilliant. Thank you for having me. Absolutely no problem. It's great having a someone else's perspective, someone who actually knows what they're talking about, not that we don't. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> you, know what we're, you know what you're talking about more than we do, trust me. <laughs> and if you ever want me on again, I'm more than willing to. It's been great fun. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We'll, definitely. Thanks for being on the show. We'll talk to you again at some point shortly. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. 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 So that was Alex Brown of TR2, our first guest on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed that little uh, interview. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast Activate because someone already has at Activate Podcast and we're not bitter about it at all. You can also email us activatepodcast at gmail.com and... Oh man, maybe next we'll record a review of a retro episode. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because we've, got, we've, got we've some time to film. I mean, I'm thinking because the last one we did was uh, Tinfoil Hat City, and I'd like to see how that series progresses now. Well, yeah, we've got some, we've got to start moving on with yeah with uh, the original series two before the new series two airs, whenever that may be. Exactly. But as always, just drop us a line, an email, a tweet, anything. We read anything out within reason, and we'll. See you next time.